You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the Howls and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopers and SB Nation. If you are interested in Howls and Growls, head over to howlsandgrowls.substack.com or just follow the link in the show notes. Have a read of this game's player ratings. You get a little free preview uh, I did a little piece about the, the screen setting and the pick and roll play of Minnesota's season so far. So that's over there as well with a little free preview as well. And if you like those, consider subscribing. If you are new to this show, Number Crunch is just a quick little post-game um, podcast that I'll be doing for the entirety of the season, picking out one number or one stat and using it to focus on a wider trend or a theme of the game. I appreciate everyone who's been listening. The numbers have been going up. I'm really excited to be back and doing this after every game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So please let me know if you're enjoying it or drop me a line if you if you have any suggestions to improve the show. I'm always all ears. So again, thank you for everyone who's been listening and everyone who continues to tune in. And man, this game was a win. Wolves are back in the winner's column. Sure, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder... Sure, they didn't have Shea Gilgis Alexander. And sure, there were still a few iffy moments to begin that dreaded third quarter. But out of the meager selection we have at our disposal, this was the most complete game that we've witnessed so far. And there were storylines as well. It would be remiss of me not to mention Nas Reed and the cameo of chaos that he put in to really stamp home the win late in the game. Carlton Towns was much more measured, much more controlled, and in turn, much more effective. And Rudy Gobert, I guess, continued trucking along as a monster paint scorer and a maniac of a rebounder. But we probably can't go past Anthony Edwards, right? Throughout these Number Crunch podcasts, I've touched on Cat, I've spoke about D'Lo, I've even hit on some of the more peripheral players or the peripheral trends. But we haven't really spoken about Anthony Edwards and that's weird because Anthony Edwards is so much fun, man, and we can't not speak about him now. That's why this episode's number is two. Well, actually second, as in the second time in Anthony Edwards' career that he has had back-to-back 30-point nights. The first was last season back in February where he dropped 31 points against the Chicago Bulls and followed that up with 37 points the next night against the Indiana Pacers. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Now, those nights, the, that previous back-to-back 30-point game um, spree by Anthony Edwards... They were full of insane shot making and long range shooting mastery. But this felt a little different. This felt like a player harnessing his best attribute and unleashing it in a way that felt replicable, replicable, and honestly, almost easy. Sure, there were a trio of three pointers involved and a couple of mid range jumpers, but Edwards lived in the paint. He got there at will. And he finished with such grace and such assuredness that I don't think we've ever seen to that level before. Those Euro steps, man, they, they were a thing of beauty. And it seriously felt like the game slowed down for him in a way that it, it really hasn't before. Now, again, maybe that's because the Thunder is super small and pretty weak at protecting the rim. But he did do a similar thing against the oversized Utah Jazz last game. Even with that first game where he struggled to see anything go in from in close, he's now shooting 61% from the rim, which is slightly down on the 63% career high that he set last season. But again, he had an absolute stinker in game one. But those rim attempts are coming on a career high 53% of his total field goals. So over half of his shots this season have been at the rim. Again, maybe that's the opponents, but last season he shot 39% of his shots from the rim, and that's just a massive, massive leap if he can continue this trend of really leaning into to driving and leaning into finishing around the rim. Again, those Euro steps have really gone up in frequency again, and he's executing them with such such style and such effectiveness in those last two games. And I think what that mindset, what that change in mindset does is allow him to build his game from the inside out rather than the reverse from outside in. I think in his first two seasons, we've seen Ant use his dribble moves and his jumper to find a rhythm in a game and then springboard from that rhythm into an attacking mindset. And obviously it's worked before. He had a great season last season. He had a great rookie season. Uh, the problem with that that mentality is that even with how good of a shooter he is and how good of a shooter he can be, when those initial shots don't go in, he has to try and shift to a downhill mentality while on a cold shooting streak. And just between the ears, it's much harder to claw yourself into an efficient night when you've clanked three or four jumpers before that first attempt to drive to the rim or that first really downhill mind state attack kind of style and this game was the complete opposite Ant's first five makes were all at the rim 
all coming off strong drives where he finished with one of those Euros that I can't stop mentioning or even a few straight-up bully ball finishes, which I think we saw a lot of those against the Jazz as well. Now, with those high-percentage looks and a ton of confidence under his belt, he was able to extend his game away from the rim and start punishing the Thunder from all three levels. He hit a pull-up mid-range shot after those five layups, a pull-up three, and then another four jumpers before the night was over. And it really did feel like one of the lightest 30 balls that he's ever produced. A lot of the times when Anthony Edwards goes for 30-plus, it really does feel like everything he has, everything that's in his bag is being unleashed. Whereas this just felt like easy work for him. Uh, It felt like something he could do every night as he grows into his game and his ability. For us, that's awesome, obviously. For the opposition, that's scary, obviously. And when you consider that that three-point shot really hasn't even arrived at the table yet this season, it's even scarier for opposition going forward. He has historically been a bit of a slow starter to seasons, but Ant has well and truly arrived now, and he's doing it in a different way, in a way that I think we've all been longing, longing to see since he was drafted. The, the kind of using his body to to dominate. He's spectacular as a shooter and spectacular as a shot creator. But when that big linebacker frame gets moving and finishing at the rim at the rate we saw in this game and in the Utah game, the sky really is the limit for him as a scorer. And these 30-point nights should come much more frequently if he is acting as a rim presence first and foremost. I don't think this will be the only time that he has back-to-back 30-point games for the season and, and certainly not in the future. I mean, next up is the Spurs, and it'll be interesting to see if he can keep carrying that really good rim form into those games because Jakob Pertl is an excellent, excellent rim protector. So that's going to be really intriguing because if he can do it a third time in a row, even if it's not a 30-point night, if he can have another really impactful game from the rim and if he can switch that mentality to attacking the rim, even with a great rim protector there covering it, then that'll that'll really signify a complete change in focus and a change in mentality for the season as a whole. So really important game, I think, or games against the Spurs. And obviously there's another game coming up three times they play in the next week or so. So I'm I'm really excited to see how Anthony Edwards handles a different lineup, a different rim protector, a much bigger team, a much more physical team. And if you can do it again, then, yeah, we we really do have something different and something special on our hands, I think. I'll be here to cover that tomorrow, and I'll see you guys then.